<laughs> so are we, are, are, we, are we live, boys? Are we live? We haven't done this in a couple of weeks, and according to Putin Taylor there, our quality Justin, go control live. is low. Yeah, so, uh, what do you guys want to talk about? I just think whatever the world I think whatever we fucking us. spit out this week, fuck Taylor is going to be good. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I agree. First off, fuck your bitch in the click you claim. Westside, when we ride, come equipped with game. You claim to be a player, but I fucked your wife. We bust on bad boys, niggas fuck for life. Plus, Puffy trying to see me weak. Hearts are ripped. Small, we focus more on content for our listeners here. We, we don't necessarily care about... You know, the Ryersons of the world and their broadcast capabilities and all that shit. We care about <laughs> content and hard-hitting journalistic integrity. So with that, our sponsor of today um, is actually brought to you by the Coalition of uh, the Free Press and, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> lack of um, censorship. Where I was going with this. Point is, is, fuck you, Taylor. We are not paying our fees. Lack of we censorship. 100% bring brand new audiences to our, our football pool. We are... The heart that keeps the league beating while you are the boot trying to stomp it out, you freaking fascist bastard. So we will not pay our league fees in protest. And until you win a fucking game this year, you can talk to the hand. Well, I'm the only one that's 0-4. He's 2-2. Uh, well, that, that went over everyone's head then, didn't it? That sucks. Um, point is, boys, I'm spicy today. I am, I am spicy. I'm fired up. I keep reading about these Ryder Cup comments. I heard what Phil said today, fat-ass Phil, Patrick Fatboy Reed. Like, it's every single year, the Americans, oh, we're going to be camaraderie. We're going to be good. And then you realize they're fucking Americans, and there's no such thing as buddy-buddy. <laughs> oh, Is it just that God. the Europeans can work, know how to work together? Like, are they just, are they just good at, at, at... Well, I mean, this year, this like, yeah. I personally am on the side where I really don't think camaraderie in this type of atmosphere really matters at the no, end of the day oh, hard hard disagree so hard no, but disagree. Wait, wait, wait i have a question i have a question because in hockey everybody's like talks about how like oh russians like like european players like they're so individualistic like it's all about them like they just try to dangle blah 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 they can't play as a team that's why they suck so how come in golf it's completely the opposite no so i think in hockey the play the, like, the reason why people go after russians is because of their style of play it is very much a skill-based game where they might not forecheck as hard to keep the puck in there long enough to get their other teammates involved but i think that's honestly changed i don't even think that narrative's big anymore especially since ov won the cup it's kind of if anything everybody's talking about the russians for like hacking and doping and giving us trump <laughs> thanks for that you fucking pricks um but um yeah like that's that's where that comes from uh but yo in, in the Ryder cup Especially in the four ball piece, you need to have like a sense of camaraderie. You need to like think of it this way. Uh, I forget the pairing exactly, Justin. You probably know, but who was Alex Noren playing with? What day? I think the first day. It was in the four ball event, but he was paired with one of their big guns. He was paired with. Uh, I, I think it was him and Sergio, and they yeah. stomped all over. Um... So. If that was – put it this way. If that was Tiger Woods and some rookie or if that was Phil Mickelson and some rookie, uh, they probably like, – the, the American equivalent is, oh, fuck, I'm Tiger Woods. I should be playing with Phil or I'm Patrick Reed. I should be playing with Spieth. Why are you putting me with this rookie? That's obviously not as good as me and we're not going to do that well. Whereas I think like Sergio was probably like, yeah, all right, kid, come out. Show you the ropes. See how we do. We'll figure it out. We'll go. Like yeah. I, it, it's just a different mentality. And then like yeah. when, when, even when the Europeans lose – 
There's none of this shit that comes out where you got Patrick Reed's, Patrick Reed's wife going on Twitter claiming that it was a conspiracy from the evil Jim Furyk that she, he didn't play with the thing. Like, he, he's screwed now. He will never be a captain's pick if he doesn't outright qualify. Yes. Never. With, with, with Patrick Reed, it was him saying that Jordan didn't want to play with him. And this is why I think that, you know, sure, the four, the four sum um, is what you meant, Carm, when you, when you were talking about um, Alex Norton. And Sergio, it's a four sum. Four ball yeah. is is essentially best ball. Yeah, sorry, four sum. Yeah, 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 my bad. So four ball and four. I mean, there's there's two there two formats. Are, both those two formats were played on Friday and then again on Saturday. At the end of the day, you have to play good golf. I don't care who you're paired with, right? So that's why I say at the end of the day, I can like Patrick Reed said it best. I don't care who I'm playing with. If I like you or not, I'm here to win for the team. So in terms of him and Jordan not getting along, which apparently they don't get along, and they did great at the 2014 and 2016 Ryder Cup, in my mind it's like, okay, fuck commodity. At the end of the day, you have to play good golf. But Patrick Reed is a little bitch for saying, oh, Jordan didn't want to play with me. Well, uh, No, but nobody wants to play with him. Nobody likes Patrick Reed. I know. Have you heard the stories about this guy from college? Yeah. Like, he's just, I don't know if you've heard this. He transferred colleges midway through his golf career, and like they, they went on to state – and guys from the other team, like before the match even started, were shaking hands with the other team saying, we hope you beat us because we hate this guy so much. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, he's a scumbag. But so uh, today, uh, or yesterday, I believe I saw this, um, the New York Post uh, reported that um, someone from the Ryder Cup team, not necessarily a player, but someone that was in the team room, uh, said that Reed was like, basically full of shit. Um, and then he actually begged to play with Tiger Woods, and that's what the two parents were on uh, Friday and Saturday. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, Pat, so he's saying, like, oh, I'm so good at Ryder Cup. I'm, you know, like, I'm Captain America, blah, blah, blah. So in 2016, he was 3-1-1, one, and, one, and in 2014, he was 3-0-1, oh, where Jordan was 2-2-1 and 2-1-1, respectively, in those two years. Well, this year, I mean, Jordan came out, went 3-2. and two. They lost... He lost in singles, so the way I look at it in team play, he was three and one. Um, Patrick Reed was one and two. Like he lost both his team plays because simply because of him. So at the end of the day, if he played with Spieth, Spieth, it wouldn't have mattered anyways because he shot like eighty on Saturday, like 83, 84, whatever. Cause, I mean, you don't actually no, have scores, right? There were some brutal performances. Oh, Phil was in the rough every single. I don't think he hit a fairway. It like they played horribly. So. so I honestly think, like, the Americans played so good um, that no matter – I mean, the uh, Europeans. The Euros. That yeah. no matter what, USA wasn't winning. Like, there was a point in the four ball, in the foursome story, where Alex Orn and Sergio beat Phil and DeChambeau five and four. On the front nine alone, they were five under par. And this is an alternate shot. That's ridiculous. I don't yeah. – like, no matter what you do, you're not beating that. Like, that's, like, absurd. Well, and then there, like some guys got like Ian Poulter came out and just went full. I got this and went legend. He went, you know, he reminded me of. He reminded me of Colin Montgomery out there. He was just like, I don't care who I'm playing, I'm fucking winning. And then um, uh, what Noren I think smashed Speed in the final day, didn't he? he uh, on Sunday, he would have played uh, Bryson DeChambeau, and he won one up. Okay, well, somebody on the the, the day Olsen. smashed. Well, who was it? Yeah, Olsen. For, yeah, smashed Olsen. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah, and I, I, I agree with you that you need to play good golf, but I think where it comes into it, and I'm going to relate this to my personal experiences. Justin, you may have heard about the Broski Classic. It's this phenomenal golf event. <laughs> and um, 
we play in a bit of a uh, four ball style where you know your your team two versus two, and I gotta say when you're playing with somebody Mario that can't make a spot or can't get out of a trap, it's how you deal with your teammate. It's about like all right, let's go get the next one, or you know you can tell a guy's having a bad day. How are you going to react? What advice are you going to give them? I think there is like there needs to be some sort of level of trust or acceptance. Or like for example, let's say your partner plays a shot that you wouldn't normally play and he doesn't hit it perfectly. You can't hold that against them for the rest of the the, the 18. You know what I mean? Yeah, you got to be able to like it. So I think things like that do play a role. And typically, like this is this isn't a new thing. Like if you look at all the Ryder Cups in the past, regardless of where they're played, typically the Euros smash in the team event and the U.S. dominates the singles. Yes, that's that's normally what happens. And, and I, I think that's more of a trend than like an, a, that's literally. There's got to be something going on there. Because, like, on paper, this year, they were saying this was the most talented Ryder Cup team ever assembled by the U.S. Yeah. And um, you see that with, like, Tiger Woods. The, the guy's record in uh, in Ryder Cup is horrible when it comes to team play. He's got an overall uh, record of 13 wins, 21 losses, and three halves. When he plays singles, he's 4-2-2. Two, and two. So it, it's, that just kind of shows, like, these guys are obviously better as individuals, which, I mean, obviously, like, they're arguably the biggest names in golf. And like you said, like, they're the most talented, whatever. And it's kind of like what J-Mo was saying with Euros, the Euros in hockey and the Russians in hockey, where it's like, it's all me, 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 opposed to when you come over to the pond and play hockey in Canada, it's more of like a team aspect. That's kind of what you get when you play U.S. Ryder Cup. But when you look at the pairings... Commodity, uh, whatever the fuck the word's called. Team wasn't an issue. <laughs> Camaraderie. It was like you had JT. Thanks, Jamal. You had G- JT and Spieth playing together, who were best friends since growing up. Uh, Kepka and DJ are good buddies, but they didn't play together. I think they played together one round. DJ and Ricky. I thought they got in a fight. I thought they got in a fight. Apparently, apparently that story was fake news. Yeah, uh, yeah. Kepka shut that down, and then uh, Tiger and Patrick Reed played together, and like apparently Patrick Reed wanted that. Patrick is just a fat little bully. Yeah, like, he's just complaining because he went one and two. Like, you played like shit, you shot 85, suck it up, and, like, move on. Yeah, and the, the funny part is, is, like, everybody says in sports you need, like, villains and stuff. And, like, I got to say, Patrick Reed's pretty unique because there's not, like, people might dislike Tiger, but they admit his greatness. And, like, if they dislike him, it's because of, like, how he deals with the media. Like, people in golf hate Patrick Reed. Like, yeah. it's pretty unanimous. He is – I don't think there's ever been a golfer like Patrick Reed where it's, like, generally, like, no, you're a despicable human. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, 100%. Like, he's – people were cheering. Uh, my friends that went to the Masters, and they were telling me – they were – on Sunday, they were watching the leaderboards at 18. And every time they would change Patrick Reed's score, if he made a birdie, they would boo. If he happened to make a bogey early in the day or later on in the day, you'd have some big roars. People think that – People made birdie at 18 when they're just cheering for bogeys for, for Patrick Reed because no one likes the guy. He's he That comes, sums up everything you need to know. Yeah. Everything you need to know. <laughs> like, he won one, one, he won his first tournament. He said, I'm a top five player in the world. It's like, well, you need to prove it. And I don't know. He's just a little fat, whiny bitch that no one really likes in the game of golf. No yeah. class. No, no class, class, as we just would say. No, no class. class. <laughs> No, it's funny though. Like I, I was just that event was so awesome. You know what? The great thing about it was that like I was able to actually watch the whole thing. Like you wake up at six thirty, the girlfriend's still asleep. Total bro, male time. Just coffee, 
maybe a little Sambuca and the coffee and just straight mailing it in on the Sunday. Just Did you see Lucas? Not- Oh, I was like, over a snap of him sleeping, sleeping on the couch. <laughs> so he could wake up, so he could wake up at three, at three a.m. to watch. Oh, the he's married now. He has nobody else to impress anymore. He uh, can do what he wants. Yeah, I, I slept with my uh, my iPad on all night, so when I wake up in the middle of the night, golf is on. <laughs> Veteran moves all around, boys. Veteran moves all around. All right. Well, that was awesome. That's that's the inaugural golf discussion. We related it back to personal experiences. I like that. It's brought to, brought to you by Vice Golf. Uh, title Titleist one X uh, uh, one X balls there for guys that swing like me. So yeah, do they carry rain gloves? Do they have good rain, good quality rain gloves? Con? Bro, don't even talk. The rain gloves are clutch, Jamal. They're so clutch. Those they're, are they're, important. They're so a, important. Need a good grip in those wet conditions. This is the Tiger Sand philosophy of golf, right? It's not about how you swing or how you shoot. It's about how you look. I'm starting to subscribe to that. It's a, it's a better way to play. No doubt. <laughs> No, actually, on, on a sad note, it seems the, the season's actually coming to an end here. I, I think I'm playing my last round this su- Saturday, so yeah, I got hopefully nice she goes well. Early tea time tomorrow morning. What time are you getting out, like 7? No, 10 o'clock is early now because of, like, frost delays and shit like that. Right, right. I think we're trying to get out at, like, 1.30, but the forecast doesn't look great, so we'll see. I'm hopeful, but, you know, not holding my breath. Uh, anyway, boys, you know, we, 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 uh, we've been criticized a little bit for not giving our fantasy league its due. So I know we were talking about – we want to talk about a couple of football things related. I think they feed into each other. So first off, let's, let's do a quick week in review that was, you know, sure. our league. So I'm not going to toot my own horn. I am 4-0. Oh, um, but, um, you know, it's Somehow. been called into question. Somehow. The team's good. That's how somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but um, – yeah, it just seems uh, it seems to me there's a lack of enthusiasm this year, and I honestly blame bad leadership. You see it in the NFL with Roger Goodell. I just think we're at a point where we need to come together and decide on next steps for the league here because this can't continue. Yeah, we want Carm, WWC. No, I'm not running. No, I know, I know myself, dude. I would be more corrupt. Well, who would other. be who, who who would you who would you you pin as a good candidate then? Ooh, see that's tough because we're all a bunch of doorknobs. I would yeah. say Nate, but I've seen him kick a field goal, and I don't I want say, anyone I say we <laughs> I say we convince Nosh to be our Nah, bro, Nosh would accept wagers. That's true. <laughs> yeah, he would be the Nosh most corrupt. Accept, Nosh is in real estate. He would accept money like no question. He would be yeah. the most corrupt guy. <laughs> yeah. I think probably the guy with the most integrity might be Mark. No, probably probably Caruso. No, uh, well, didn't Caruso cheat? Yeah, but he learned his lesson, bro. I mean, I agree. I, I agree with well, you. He's also part. against Taylor, so I feel like he would do stuff against Taylor, which would make me happy. <laughs> but that just makes you part of the problem. <laughs> At least we know Damon's intentions. We've been ruled by Tyrant for so long. Can't want some revenge. Oh, my God. Pick a That's good why team. last week There's was a good revenge. week anyways. It was a good week because Taylor lost, and also it was a good week because this week's a good week because Justin is oh. fucking, fucking up Taylor. Here we go, boys. With a pick that Taylor, Get me started. I, I, I have something to say. Okay, so I was talking to him. He was confiding me in his fantasy struggles, telling me how his team sucks, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, bro, you know what? Justin's been picking up all the running backs. Justin's got James White. He's got Patrick Lindsay. I was like, to be honest, I've been telling Justin to pick these guys up so you can't have them. And he's like, bro, bro. He's like, he's telling me, he's like, I got the number one waiver. He's like, I'm waiting on a sure thing. And you know what I told Taylor? Basically, what I told him was, I was like, look, Taylor, that's the problem you're waiting on a guy to come and give you a sure thing i'm like this is why you're washed up you don't think ahead everyone else is thinking three steps ahead of you i picked up eric ebron before he broke out 
If you're waiting on someone to run for 200 yards and two TDs before you pick them up, you're washed up, dog. The rest of the league is three steps ahead of you on some McVay shit. You're Gruden. You won a chip 10 years ago when everyone was dumb-dumb. But now the league's passed you by, homie. Did you guys see, a completely unrelated note, did you guys see that Cleveland game where they got screwed on that call? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that's old news, but, like, fuck, man. It must be painful to be a Browns fan. Fucking field goals getting missed. You get yeah. screwed on, like, 14 <laughs> inches calls. Like, holy shit. I think in the long run it'll happen because they got – I think with that team, they got a good foundation, and they're probably not going to gonna, gonna um, compete this year. So if they lose a couple games and, and get a bit of a higher draft pick next year again, get another blue chip player, it's probably not a bad thing. I mean, I don't think they're – I don't think they got a good enough team to – like, they need one more year of development. for Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Give them, give them two, three years, and then it'll be yeah. a, a playoff team. I mean, a long Especially run. Especially with the, a couple games here and there. Especially in the division, like, when you start looking at uh, Steelers are falling off the wagon. Like, who knows what's going on with them. Yeah, they can sneak into a wild card in a couple years, maybe. But what? Are, what? Go ahead. Jamie. Thanks for bringing me up. I'm going to get my first win this week. I mean, I'm going to knock on wood. Taylor texted me last night saying, looks like you're going to be 1-12. and 12. And I said, I don't know, bro. It's a little bit early for you to say that. But, you know, I put up a pretty big 41 points last night. Thanks. Uh, who, who went off for you? Uh, Tom Brady. And James White. White. Tom Brady and James White, yeah. So I guess you don't want Aaron Rodgers anymore, huh? No, no, no. I got my, I got my 27 and a half points, which is, <laughs> which is plenty. I mean, uh, TV 12 has been, uh, you know, a slow start. Got me seven points in uh, against. I think it was you, Carmen. You got me seven seven points. Um, but you know what? I, I look at my team, and although I have my name as own thirteen, which you know, as Jamal can attest to, because I, I confide in him almost every day about how bad my fantasy team is, I believe I can be two and two. And now let me explain why. Okay, so we start off. I get absolutely shit pumped by Lucas and Mitch. No question there. Week two, I'm, I'm playing Car- uh, Jamal. Lose by point eight. Now, I know Jamal says, well, my kicker wasn't playing. Well, you know what? If I have Le'Veon Bell in this lineup, I'm a, arguably a 2-2 two and two team. So, so I would have beat Jamal 100%, 100% week two. Jamal, you can't argue that. Probably. Week three, I lost by 27 to, to UConn. Yes. And the way I look at that is if I have Tom Brady playing like he, you know, I know he can play, and I have Bell in the lineup, I'm getting probably 2-2. Two and two, But also, you didn't have a very good team. <coughs> Declining, declining. But... Oh my God. Well, he's he's picking up now, Jamal. But anyways, and then you know, t- uh, Nate fucking went off on a like. A, there's nothing I can do about that. He scored 160 points on me. I put up. Yeah, you're gonna lose that every right? day of the week. Doesn't matter. Um, but you know, I got some things to look forward to. You know, Gordon put up some numbers last night. TB12 is obviously a stud. Uh, Bell reportedly is coming back in week eight. If that holds true, I'm looking good for a potential playoff push. Um, all you gotta do is just tread water. Just tread today, water above above. Above, uh, uh, what's his Taylor. Today, Sean McDermott said, you know, Shady's going to be getting a little more touches going forward. I think he has 15 attempts all season, which is crazy. Why um, is that? Well, he got hurt against the Vikings, and they suck right. to play from behind. And they're always, yeah, they're always behind. And then Lindsey splits time with Freeman, but he's more efficient. He's getting more yards. Way more efficient. Um, and he catches the ball. He doesn't score touchdowns, though. That's the little, little bit of the issue. He'll get a couple. He'll get a couple on ones. I just need to squeak out. I think, you know, if I can squeak out a little two and six or hopeful three and five by week eight, I think I can sneak in the playoffs at six and seven. Yeah. I think you, I think you got a good lottery ticket in Josh Gordon. Did you see him catch that pass yesterday in double coverage? No. That, like, I think, I think, I think, I also think Gronk is declining a little bit. Sorry, Crusoe. 
Um, I think that uh, Josh Gordon's going to become Brady's go-to uh, go-to target in the red zone. Man, I had Edelman going last night. He did shit all. I think he got like 50 yards. 57 yards and seven catches, which, I mean, yeah. kind of expected yeah. work him in the offense. Yeah. But the big, yeah, the big shock back a year and a half. Big shock yeah, for me is, like, if you look at my lineup, I have James White in there as RB1 or RB2, but he's not used as a running back in New England. Yesterday he had two attempts rushing, 10 re- uh, receptions on 14 targets, 77 yards and a touchdown. He's used you as a, what? you know, kind of swing out to the right or left, whatever, dinks and dumps, and then get your 15, 20 yards and a touchdown. You bring up a good point, though, because, like, like, first of all, running backs now are getting receiving touchdowns. It really doesn't matter at the end of the day for fantasy because the score is the score. Yeah. But, like, if you look at these big play wide receivers that went in, like, the first and second round of our draft, like Julio Jones, OBJ, dude, they're not getting they're not getting red zone looks anymore. Like, I feel like teams are just at this point, they get within 20 yards. Why force something into double coverage when you can literally give it to a back three times in a row on a screen pass and just hope that they get it? Yeah. And like, I 100% agree. When you, when you talk about... I mean, Atlanta struggles in the red zone is nothing new. Like, last year, they you saw it in week one against Philly. Like, fourth and one, and they turn over on downs. Yeah, OBJ, OBJ is not getting his, his yardage because, A, Eli sucks. And my, my, my thought process of why OBJ sucks is because the new calls on roughing the passer, Eli's not willing to sit in the pocket and take that hit. You hear, like, Dak said it. I think Patrick Mahomes said it. It's like, okay, go ahead, hit me. That's going to be an extra 15 yards I'm going to get, more likely to score a touchdown. And Eli, Eli and the Giants have a 54.5% um, conversion of red zone, only talking about TDs. So it's like, plus Saquon's taking some touches from OBJ. So that's his whole, in my opinion, like, get a good quarterback. When, and, and you mentioned earlier this afternoon, Carm, where they can take, they took Sam Darnold. It's looking a good future for them right well they could have so like honestly like I, I look at it now and i remember when you remember when uh like the the packers there still had brett Favre, but they took aaron Rodgers and they literally put aaron Rodgers on the bench for a full year i feel like new york might look back and regret that they didn't do that with darnold or josh allen or uh, take your pick really josh rosen any of those guys right because yeah now you might have a dynamic running back but the, like you still need a good quarterback to open up. Like you're committed to OBJ, you, you if you don't have a quarterback that's going to get him the ball, you're you can't just rely on running it all the time. Like yeah. the Giants now remind me of the Leafs a few years ago, where like they're hoping to just make the playoffs and like oh, if we make it, we have a chance. Whereas like really, you make it, you're you're not even close to Philadelphia. You're not you're you're not the the giant team of old. That beat New England. It's not even close. Your offensive line can't block shit. So I think they're going to look back and really regret that because running back, like star bell cow running backs are tough to find, yeah. But they come around more often in the draft and free agency and trade than a, uh, than a fucking stud quarterback that you can develop behind like an existing Hall of Famer. And it's like, I don't, I think they're going to maybe regret that. Like look at look at Jay Ajayi. Jay Ajayi was like a third or fourth round pick, and he was unbelievable with Miami for a little while there. And he's still pretty good with Philadelphia. Like you can find decent running backs to augment your offense. Well, look but at it, look at New England. They don't yeah. have a star a star running back and or receivers for that matter, show. right? Yeah, but in but the, like a it, late first round pick, he, he wasn't like he wasn't a high. Yeah, he's winner, not a. Yeah, he's not, you don't you don't need tight. that. The line yeah. is more important almost, and like that's yeah. the thing with the Giants, like. 
it's almost like the Giants built a building on like the weakest foundation possible, and the foundation is yeah. just crumbling because Eli doesn't have enough time to get the ball to OBJ. Um, he's forty fucking years old now. He doesn't want to get hit anymore. Yeah, like yeah. I, it, it's it's a bad situation. Yeah, you would think any any quarterback with like his weapons, like not to bring it back to fantasy, but like if if you put any other quarterback on on that team with those types of weapons, like. How would they not be like a top ten quarterback? Like nobody has Eli Manning. His ownership is like it's horrible. It's like ten percent. I have it here. It's a, it's eleven. He's eleven percent owned in yeah. ESPN leagues. And and like, but honestly, I'm not even sure that's. I don't think it's a quarterback necessarily issue. I think Eli Manning is an okay. Like he's not the worst quarterback in the league for sure. Like he's still he can get the ball to people. I think the problem is he has literally zero time to get the ball out of his hands because if he's he takes slow, even he's three hit. seconds, he's getting crushed. And he's also yeah. not, and he's not mobile. And any any time, like look at Lone, look at Deshaun Watson. Like his line is terrible, but like he's a mobile quarterback. So like, exactly, he gets in and out of pressure. Like Eli Manning's a slow footed quarterback. So like yeah. of all the quarterbacks you can't protect, like he's the one that like that does not really work. And Eli's not willing to take a hit. That's another like the second that pocket like. It's about to he collapse. Just falls he, down. He, he falls. He doesn't want to get hit. And I mean, you can have the best wide receiver in the league, but he's only as good as the people throwing the ball. The other thing, as well, is I don't like the the Giants wide receiver situation. Last I checked, they have a pretty good depth chart, but like they don't really have like a solid. Do they have a solid slot guy like an Edelman or like a, a Wes Welker or a guy Sterling, like that? Sterling, Sterling, Sterling Shepard. Is he pretty? Is he pretty? Like, yeah, I don't know. he's I pretty. Yeah, he, right. yeah, he's pretty good. He's actually really good. It, it's like, I mean, yeah, to your point, Carm, like, they, yeah, they need to build that lineup. And as much as I like Saquon Barkley, I mean, OBJ, you kind of invested in, invested in him in the future. Like, give, give him some tools to get him the ball. Like, New England is be able to win championships, go 16-0 when Randy Moss was on the team without necessarily the star running back. But they had a good enough line where it gave Brady protection and they throw to Randy Moss. who put up his, like, crazy numbers that year. OBJ can but, kind of put up numbers like that, but they don't have an offensive line to protect Eli. But then this is also the part where, or the offense, yeah, the offensive line. But this is also the area now where I don't know what the Giants' QB situation is on the depth chart. But like they should be thinking futuristically right now. So like, or futuristically, I don't know if that's a fucking word. I'm an idiot, but uh, they should. Uh, this is the moment where you go out and you go get a, like a, a Bridgewater or a Foles or somebody to sit on the bench in case you need them that you can start kind of like. Uh, grooming, if you will, because the second Eli pulls the plug on retirement, I know everybody's giving him grief now. The Giants are a way worse team without Eli in the lineup. Yeah, absolutely. way worse. So, like they—that's what I mean when I say they didn't draft a quarterback this year. Um, like you—you you had your pick of the litter, and like I understand you needed the run, you needed the running back to try to be competitive. You needed a quarterback to think two, three years future out. And they like, they, like you, you take look at. Uh, they were really in the same situation that Indianapolis was with Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning, right? But Indianapolis drafted Andrew Luck, and the Giants chose not to do that. Yeah. Yeah, well, moving on, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Okay, should we give uh, – we don't talk about much hockey on the show, but I want to give – I want to give a thumbs up and a thumbs down to the Maple Leafs. Thumbs up for playing, like, colossal shit and still winning the game. Thumbs down for causing me to lose a C note because you couldn't score three fucking goals in regulation, you pieces of shit. <laughs> Is that what you got? Three goals? Yeah, I know. I threw one and a half was the spread. I threw a, threw a C note on it, and uh, they didn't cover. Uh, what, what was that paying? Did you take did you take puck line there? No, it was bet 365. So, yeah, I think it was $100, one year, 250 
it's not bad. Yeah, puck, puck, puck line's hard in hockey because, you know, taking the one-and-a-half spread, it's hard to they, win goals by two. Well, yeah, when you're basically team, banking team should play, right? If the team would have played the way they can play, then they fucking should have... I don't know, whatever. Thank no. you, William Nylander. If you were in the lineup, maybe you would have got a fucking goal. I know. That's a, that's where I kind of give them a thumbs down on both aspects of Nylander and the Leafs, how he's still not signed. Um, you know what, though, dude? Like, can you really blame... Like, it sounds like if the if the reports that are out are true and they're asking for $8 million per year, like, he's not worth that. I'm sorry. He's not... I don't blame the Leafs for saying no. Yeah, so what? in my opinion, so I'm with... I'm all with, you know, players getting their money. That's why I think yeah. Boogie, when Boogie signed with um, Golden State, I'm like, fuck you, take your money and play. And, you know, you're worth more than $5 million. But with Nylander, he's not worth $8 million, but I think he's just protecting himself for the future. So, like, not not in as he gets hurt, but as in if he outperforms what his contract is, he's screwed. Like, he's going to be yeah. – right? And he doesn't – so the CBA expires in four years. He wants a yeah. contract that – Extends the CBA, so he still under contract when you know if they have a lockout happens or a renegotiation, whatever, whatever happens. Plus, I think he's like thinking, well, I mean, Marner outproduces me by minimal, but if he's going to get his money next year, I want my money this year. No, yeah, you can't disagree with his line of thinking, but I think like put it this way: if they were asking, the report is that he's asking for eight million dollars, right? Yeah. Which is fair. If he's asking for eight and the Leafs are offering six and they're both hoping to meet in the middle at seven, I get that. That makes sense. Seven's, go to seven's fair, in my opinion. Seven might be even a little bit rich if you're comparing him to, like, Pasternak or Ehlers. Like, that's actually more money than they would make. But if that's the tactic, I get it. But if you're – the other reports that I, I – like, I think it was Dreger from TSN, and like it's pretty much the best source you can possibly have. He was saying that, like, Nylander's agent, and this is where I kind of feel bad for Nylander because from what it sounds like, it doesn't sound like he's actually doing anything in these negotiations. It's all his agent. Apparently, his agent is not coming down off of the eight million dollars a year. Yeah, and so like, if you're the Leafs, how can you like? That's I, a non-starter. You're not getting paid eight million a year when you haven't you haven't even had a thirty goal season. Yeah, and with so, what I feel like is going to come out in a couple of years if let's say he doesn't sign, like I don't know, he gets traded or whatever. Eric Johnson, his parent, I think it's Eric Johnson. His parents spent all his money, so he had to declare yeah. for bankruptcy. Yeah, I and, and you know, same thing kind of happened with uh, Bobby Orr way back. Uh, not Bobby Orr, Paul, yeah, Bobby Orr way back when. No, Bobby Orr it wasn't his parents. His agent. His agent. Yeah. So with with Nylander, I feel like his agent's gonna end up fucking him in the end because if Nylander has no say in negotiations, I just feel like the agent's kind of just looking out for himself because the more money Nylander makes, the more money he makes. But at the end of the day, too, like if you're Nylander, you hired the age. So I understand why he's giving him because it's a kind of you watch Entourage, right? It's the Ari Gold treatment. Vince, let me do my thing. I will do this for you. You kind of have to trust that that's the way it's going to. You don't fire an agent until after the contract is signed. Well, yeah, absolutely. So it's like he's kind of in a rough spot from there. And like apparently, like, I don't know. I just I I hope he gets back in the lineup. I personally don't understand why, if if they're clearly at this standstill of eight versus like six and a half, seven or whatever, I would just do the three year contract. But definitely, at the end, he doesn't want that though. That's that's he wants security. I don't know. Yeah, but if, if you're not going to come down from your eight million, then it's kind of th- there's enough precedent in the league where you can do a three year at five and a half. Like, hey, this is it's either this or the other amount. Like, take your pick. And like, and like Kucherov did that. Kadri did that too. Did that. Kadri did that. And Kadri, you want to talk about a guy getting underpaid? Yeah. Imagine if you're Nazem fucking Kadri. He's, he's, he's making what thirty goals. 
I know. And what, what's his cap? It's like five, right? It's so it's one of the. It's probably the best contract in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, I would like him to sign eventually, but who knows? Like, it's who knows with yeah, these kids shut, nowadays. Yeah, fucking millennials. Um, <laughs> there's there's our there's our little hockey talk though. And honestly, I was listening to Spitting Chicklets earlier, and they had a great idea to like fade the Sens every single game for the first half of the year. I might do yeah, that. I might hop on that train. What is saying for the first forty-one games? Bet against the Sens. fade Sens. <laughs> yeah, I might do that. I might jump on that train. <laughs> You'll probably make money. You would think, right? Yeah. That team's a fucking tire fire. Um, yeah. So I think we I think we covered everything this week, boys. That was rapid fire. I like that. I don't think uh, I don't think I did a very good job articulating our conversation from earlier with the group and Taylor and everything. But uh, I think the point we're just trying to get across here is that we just want fairness. We just want to be able to play fantasy, not look over our shoulders, not worry about corruption. We live in a day and age where there's corruption in basically everything that actually matters. The imaginary thing that we get pleasure out of, it'd be nice if there wasn't any. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's just, yeah. just funny once we light up that group chat. Oh, dude! I have to turn the notifications off. It, it, like, I it, I just turn, I just go to my phone now every once in a while, and it's like you have ninety-seven messages. <laughs> Bro, I just based on it's a good week. It's a good week. A, if I won fantasy, then I sleep well. But B, if Taylor's team lost, then it's also a good week. I haven't uh, slept in a fucking month. Yeah, I know, bro. But this week got off to a really good start for me. I don't know about Justin, you, Justin, but for me, it got off to a great start. Okay, but Justin, if somehow, and I'm just being devil's advocate here, if somehow you lose this week, is it just done? You're not even setting lineups anymore? Like, it's over? No, because, um, you know, I wasn't a part of the team back then, but I uh, part of the league, but I hear Nate went 0-6 and ended up making it to the finals, so I got a little bit of hope. It was 0-6, right? It was 0-6 or 1-7, right, Carm? Do you remember that? Was that the year that I won? Yeah, it's a small little flex mm. there. Yeah, it might have been. I think it may have been. Yeah. But 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 Nate did come back from like 0-7. And, and, and I remember it because Taylor tried to tell Nate, your team done. You're, you're like, you're 1-6 or you're 0-7. Like, like, stop making moves. Stop. He told him to stop making roster moves because he was like out of it. He's like, so stop picking up players and stuff. No, that's and, corrupt. And Nate, was like, and, Nate, and Nate was like, no, fuck you, Taylor. I, Taylor will attest this. He was like, "Fuck you, Ted. I'm still in it." And then he went on like a six or I think it was a six-game winning streak. Made it to six and seven, snuck into the playoffs in the last spot, and then fucking made it all the way to the finals. Taylor, the finals. if you're listening went to this, Taylor, Cinderella, and I go zero and seven, and you tell me to stop making moves, I'm dropping every single one of my best players and letting everyone know but you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that. That's so good. Yeah. All right, boys turkey time this weekend have a very happy thanksgiving with the families yes bro, bro, i got a, I got a, i got an idea for all the families let's get rid of turkey turkey sucks it's dry no one really likes it let's replace oh. with let's replace it with lamb bro think about I that a nice right a nice lamb on the spit over a turkey you're not you're not wrong about lamb being awesome but so my girlfriend's turkey, uh, turkey having that at my girlfriend's yeah a lamb yeah i like that jamo what does lamb love Lamb loves salt, bro. Lamb loves salt, Jamal. Lamb loves Lamb salt. Love salt. Always remember that. <laughs> All right, boys. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, fellas. And Taylor, I will bribe you to stop the corruption, I suppose. I don't know. Uh, uh, it's Friday here, boys. Mail it in. I'm done. <laughs>